Warning, this episode contains explicit content. Please proceed with caution. up everyone and welcome to whiskey sex talk i am your host romeo and joining us today and here to kick off season five is dominique dominique welcome to the show once again great to be here thanks for inviting me back thank you for coming back so ladies and gentlemen let's get started here we are going to be talking about sexual market value now dominique do you know what sexual market value is the like the sticker price before you're gonna stick it to someone i don't know explain <laughs> it to me so sexual market value is an individual's assessment of their pretty much their sexual attractiveness but what I want to talk about is how does that tie in with everything? How does that tie in with dating? How does that tie in with the decisions we make? So what I do want to say, I want to start off with is um, that um, one thing is for sure. All of us, right? When it comes to dating, we all want to find someone that is hotter or hot. Someone that is higher in sexual market value. I hope I'm making sense. Does that mean, does that make sense? Yes, that does make sense. Okay, so what what I just want to clarify first is like the sexual market worth is just one's dating power. Okay, so that that means that it's just your level of attractiveness to the other sex or to the other person. So um, I want to use the first example. I think we all have you. I don't know, Dominique. Have you ever used like Tinder, OkCupid? Have you used any of those apps? Yes, I have. So the hot people that are on this app. They're being used by these dating apps. So when someone that has the free subscription of the service, they get hit by these accounts. Now, what does that do? It encourages individuals to sign up for the service with the false expectation that they are going to be able to match with these hot individuals that these dating apps are using for their marketing Ploy. There's a lot of people when you have the free app, but then when you pay for it, it's like they disappear. That just wasn't my experience. But at the time I was using <laughs> it, maybe because my market value was higher. <laughs> I was I was much younger than it was like a de- I don't know, like eight years ago, seven years ago when Tinder first came out. And I didn't have that experience. So I'm not sure if it's ch- how it's changed. These apps always change so much. Well, I guess like I, what I'm what I'm trying to bring up is is that I I want to really just kind of my whole point is is that I want to say that most people naturally do recognize their sexual market value and typically just they just look for partners who fall within that range when they're looking for romantic partners and for short term males actually tend to be a little bit more flexible with their uh their uh partners. But when it comes for like, let's say for marriage and long-term relationships, men tend to be more, uh, they tend to stick closer to their sexual market value. That makes sense because they're also thinking, am I going to reproduce with this person? What are our offspring going to look like? X, Y, Z. I, I don't know if you've been in this situation, but we've all had sex buddies, right? 
Yes. Would you ever go out on a date or be seen with your sex buddy? Yes, I've had you some would. Really hot sex buddies. You would, really? I've had some hot sex buddies, but for just other reasons. We weren't being open about it or maybe because we worked at the same hospital together. So we were just keeping things more low key to keep it between us. Guys have sex buddies that don't that they don't want to be seen with because like in other words, they're fine with the sex, but as far as like being like going around parading and showing that because you know when you go out and when you start showing people who you're with, it kind of indicates that this person, you know, you're dating this person and it could be something potential for long term. Yeah, well, when I was younger, there were a few people that were really great, you know, that I had a great relationship with them, a great friendship, and there was great, really great sexual chemistry, but they weren't that good looking, you know, or so I wasn't going to be saying things publicly or being out with them in public or even being in a smaller town in Texas, interracial relationships were really frowned upon. Really? So, yeah, I had a friend once that I would mess around with, and he used to be a professional football player and had been a big football legend in our town. And then I called, I was at his house one time fooling around with him, and I called one of my childhood friends up to see what she's doing. And her dad saw on the caller ID that recognized his name because he was famous. And he was like, oh, she's she's calling from this person's house. Like, oh man, (laughs) you know, that was a lot for her dad to have to process and take in like, Hey, what is your friend up to? Cause they were more conservative and she, we were in our early twenties then. So it was really pretty funny, but yeah, that'd be an example of like, it wasn't something that I was going to have everyone know about, but definitely did happen. Well, you know, what's, what's interesting about that is I think we do this uh, subconsciously. And what do I mean by that is I mean that, when it comes to sex buddies, we write them off as like, they're not a potential. Their sexual market value is not in par with what we're really looking for. I think I just had so much going on too. I was a single mom and I worked as a nurse. And so just, you know, maybe only I have the time to just go hook up and be with someone and not that I really have shame about that person because I've had interracial relationships and dated and been very open and proud about the people that I'm with. So I think it's just like the timing of what else is going on in my life. And do I really think this is something serious enough that especially in a smaller conservative town that there could be a lot of talk and gossiping and it's just like, it's not really worth my time or my energy if he and I are to understanding of what this is and we're not planning on taking it to a real serious level, you know, like just keep this between us and enjoy what we have without everyone's nose being in our business. I see. So you were more worried about the societal pressure of the fact that you were in a interracial relationship. Yeah. And this, and granted, this is like 1990, you know, we're talking much, you know, way back when, especially in Texas where there can be so much racism and living in a smaller kind of country bumpkin town, you know, you could get a lot of pushback and a lot of judgment about that. And then I was able to work past that. And I was just like, I just give zero fucks about it. Like I'm going to be who I'm going to want to be with. And if you have a problem with it, that's your problem and not my problem. But I think just initially being a young woman in my early twenties and navigating that. Um, um, listen, I, I, I'm from LA. I grew up in LA, born and raised in LA and I, you know, interracial couples. I'm from LA. It's a diverse city. I, I, I'm, I'm a millennial. So I grew up with a diverse environment and my classroom was just as diverse as the outside world I lived in. Hearing you say this sounds so foreign. 
that you hear you live, you know, when in the 90s in Texas, you were in a interracial relationship and yet you were dating someone who I think you, you said you didn't think it was going to go somewhere, but you had these external factors. And, you know, that is what's so fascinating. And I, I don't want to make this about like the racial thing, but it's a natural habit for us from an evolutionary perspective to focus slightly, like let's say when you're dating, like to focus on, we tend to focus, we want someone that's slightly above our sexual market value when when approaching, you know? And here, what's interesting about your case is let's say this person was potential. This is just me assuming this. You had these external factors that were actually conflicting. So you yourself, because your society was telling you that is not a good indicator. In other words, this person was sexual market value was lower just because of race, which was a stupid, the most ridiculous thing ever. Yeah, it was really, and I had my youngest daughter when I was very young. So then there was a thing of me being in a custody mm. battle with her father, and that would be ammunition to be used against me. Oh. Not so much do I have shame about this, but this would be something of saying, like, if I'm an unfit mother, because the judges, you've got to just think about who were the judges in the system. They were even racist whenever I would date Latin men. Wow. I actually had a judge once tell me that if I wanted to keep custody of my daughter, I needed to break up in that relationship and not be with that person that was Latin because that was not okay. It was really outdated, really old, old (laughs) judge in the system. So, you know, you can just imagine that you're getting that pushback and there's so much too in our conditioning Mm -hmm. to be accepted by our peers in our society because in back in, you know, caveman times or whatever, if we're not being accepted by our peers or in society and we're ostracized and pushed out, we may not survive. So there's a really core part of us for survival instinct that wants to like not rock the boat and to not be pushed out and to be accepted. The whole point why we aim higher for, let's say someone that's, why do we, it's for procreation. We want to serve, we want to pass on a good genes to the, to the, you know, just pass on good genes and procreate with potential uh, mates what I think is interesting, what you said is that if I was put in that situation where let's say you, you said you were, you were going through a core, uh, custody battle with your, with your husband, the judge told you, Hey, you cannot date Latin men or whatever. You just felt these external factors. I would think that, I don't know, this is just me back. I'm, I'm going back in time, right? Like in the, in a time where like, Oh shit, like, you will almost feel like you have to self-evaluate. Like it, it just it mess it messes with you. What do I mean by that? I mean that like it, there's a lot of combination of combination of like factors here, right? You have here you're trying to date meet potential guys that can possibly you can incorporate and date for for long term. I'm assuming that was the, that was a situation that was the case, and you're getting feedback from your community that hey these type of individuals have no place for you to be your potential mates. This itself is like a past sexual success. Well, actually, no, really, it's failures, past success and failures here. And of course, that is going to influence exactly, at the time, it probably, did it influence you, your decision? Yeah, it did It did impact me because, you know, I'm not going to want to lose custody of my children. You know what I'm saying? So I am going to be looking at that and just keeping things more on the down low and being quiet about it and just keeping it as my business because of the ramifications of other people 
you know, projecting their ideals on like, does that make me a good mother, which is really so absurd. But, you know, the, just the time period and the location, like everything so much in our world is about what is your culture and your society? What are right. your societal norms? Mm-hmm. And that's why it impacts us so much as humans based on where we're raised, because we start to take those in those beliefs, even though we may know deep down that they're wrong. We've just heard them and heard just even the um, conditioning of this when we're young into our subconscious mind about what people are saying about people of different races or people that are different of than us or don't stick to the same beliefs. You know, uh, I could see, no, you know, I, I feel that like this stuff influences our target selection. Like when let's say you live in an area where, you know, you find someone attractive. Let's say you live in a place where you've never seen, I don't know, someone, I don't know, from, I don't know, from some country. And you see them, you find them attractive, but your community is telling you like, oh, wait a minute, that, no, that's not, in our, in, in our culture here, the sexual market value of that individual is not a par. It can mess with you. But at the end of the day, you got to do what makes you happy. And that's what, that's what it's all about, right? Like finding potential people that we can spend who are going to make us happy and really, 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 um, complement our lives. I want to say most definitely, most definitely. And, but the thing is a lot of times someone that we may perceive is being high in a sexual market value is actually not going to be the person that would complement our lives. Because my mother would always tell me as far as dating a men, it was deeply ingrained. She was very like narcissistic and it was deeply ingrained about how good looking is the guy you're going out with. She would never ask if he wasn't good looking, then what was his income and his finance? You know, there's been numerous studies that actually demonstrate that women here, women in general value resources significantly more than men do. And that goes back to what you were saying about your mom. She was telling you, what did she say that? What does he do? And to me, how I understand that, um, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but there is a universal attraction among women for wealthier guys. Because what does that represent? Women, um, it's it's all about resources and stability and uh, security. And I, I feel like across all cultures, there is this level of like, you know, women feel that they, that for, let's say long-term um, partners that has to be in place. Um, because I, you know, I hear this all the time, like women in, in, let's say in, 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 in positions of power, they emphasize really a lot on the financial, uh, like prospects that, that a man has to be like, make more money than her or have more power than her. And what's interesting is that women in these positions find that there is like, there's not a lot of men that are quote unquote potential are, 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 you know, of there are, they're making more money. They're more powerful. They're, they're above their sexual market value in, 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 in reference to their status, you know? And, um, it begs the question, which is what you said is like, are these societal factors? Like, are these things that we've been told by society or is there some truth to these things is what I want to know. Cause look, if I was, there is some truth. I mean, I want to say I'm speaking from my 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 experience. Like, there is some truth that we do 
want stability, right? Like, uh, I think that if I was a woman and I don't know, you can call me out on this or whatever, but I feel like I would be like, I want someone that's going to be able to protect my family. My children is going to be kind to my, to me and to my family. I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's really true. But when you think about, you know, now we're just changing things in our society, but for so long, women weren't able to vote. They weren't able to own their bank account, own bank account. They weren't able to buy a home Mm -hmm. for many generations until just recently, till even in the seventies and stuff, did some of these things start changing. That's Mm -hmm. really not that long ago. And just think about even I was an egg inside of my grandmother. So we have the ancestral trauma and the DNA and the programming of what were the nervous systems? What were the beliefs around or the experiences? Even going back when my grandmother was born in 1913, my mom was born in 1933. So there's some different beliefs to where women are really looking at resources because they're not able to hold careers for themselves. And so the way for them to be cared for and provided for would be what are the resources of the man. And then if you think when a woman is going to be pregnant, you're pregnant for nine months, you're going to be having postpartum and bonding with the baby for several months after delivery, right? And you're recovering. And even if you think of cave woman days, like a cave woman, if she's not staying with her partner, or her mate, or she doesn't have that protection and she delivers and she's out in the wilderness she's fair game. Like she could, someone could harm her, the baby. She's not, she's more defenseless. She can't go hunting and gathering and doing these things because she's just recovering from having a baby. So you need to, for survival of the species, to have someone that can protect and provide for you during that time when you're pretty defenseless. If part of the thing that's been ingrained so much as women, if you think about women you know, boys are not playing with baby dolls and pretending they're mommies at ages three to nine or 10 years old, right? You're just playing and thinking of other things. But from a very young age, women are programmed to think about being moms, Uh having babies. You know what I'm saying? As part of like our role in society and part of our life path. In today's world now, right? What are we doing? Adolescent men are being told, right? At an early age, when they're teenagers, they're giving like these little hints of like how to be, how to increase their sexual market value, and what are these indicators, and the ability to advance in society and earn more money, and work really hard, and which ha- which really ha- has to come it has to come from within. You have to be a driven person. You have to desire this stuff. This is what we 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 putting in in, in in guys. And you see that in the work in the workforce. Guys, they say that guys are willing to work more than women. And there's arguments that this is why there's like this wage inequality, because men just are willing to work more. But then you have to take the factor that women also give birth and you know they they you know they go and raise kids. Males are typically put in 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 in, in Put in more work is what I'm trying to say. We from a young age, and you see that, right? You see that. It, let's 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 take the high school uh, structure, right? We've all been through that. In the high school structure, who are the guys that succeed? All the athletes. They're working super hard. The nowadays, now we see the the once upon a time the nerds, the geeks. These are all now like the desired ones because we have more of them in the world now, and so these guys 
are from a young age are being told like if you want to have status and per, and and have this symbol of 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 uh, a strong sexual market value, you got to work your butt off because guess what? Truth is, women are not gonna want to be. I mean, it's undesirable to be the pool boy, the security guard, or the assistant. Because it conveys, what does it convey really? It conveys just a lack of motivation. So you're not really selling yourself here. You know, in, in, what does it say? It says that you as a person, as an individual are insecure. And I'm sorry, and I'm not, I'm just making an assessment. We're just talking about here about sexual market value and the reality of it. Because what does that mean? It just says that, like I said, if you go for these jobs, it just shows to women that there's a lack of motivation and you're selling your services for a lower price. And I feel that like um, women, when they look at men, especially for potential, I mean, let's be honest, like there are certain things we look at men, men, which is interesting. uh, I want to say this men focus so much on external beauty as an indicator of what marks a sexual market value. And if you're a guy that let's say you're just decent looking and your wife is a trophy wife, cause that is a, a, a thing you're more, they say that, uh, that you're, you're more likely to be more like, um, what's that word that I'm looking for? Like you, she's not like your partner. She's more like you, your goddess, I want to say, but like the truth is, is that you're more, incl- you're more, um, in love, that's what it is. You're more in love with your with your with your with your wife if she if you know that her sexual market value is higher. Now let's bring that back because what we're what we're talking about now is what are these factors that women desire in men? Now, Dominique, you mentioned a couple of like the cave woman and the women and, and for you, what do you think are the these these factors? Like really, is it really that women do emphasize on like high income, like um you know, status, like what they do, their profession. Are these signs of, 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 are these really things that women look and look for in, in men? It really depends. It depends on the woman and it depends upon their experience with many childhood traumas. If you think about uh, the statistic that over 95% of adults received inadequate parenting. Mm. So you have a mother wound, a father wound, things like that. So for me, I didn't even understand this or unpack this until recently on a deeper level of me having an, a, my father treated me better than my mother. But then when he went off and married another woman and moved to another country, I ended up getting an abandonment wound from that because I didn't see or hear from him from a small, from ages eight until 16, uh-huh. 15 or 16, because he'd left the country uh-huh. um, with this woman. And it's a long story. They had, uh, kidnapped her children. She lost custody. Of. For a while, they had kidnapped me too. And we all traveled around the United States when I was seven years old for six months. And then whenever he decided he was going to leave the country with her and the children, he put me on a plane and flew me back to my mom because my mom didn't know where I was for six months. So then because he had to lay low, I had no communication with him. And he was like the best relationship I had in my life. So for me, I noticed that there's a couple of things having a custody battle with someone Mm -hmm. that would use resources and use legal things against me to try to control me or use my children to try to keep me in a relationship. I got like the reverse of what a lot of men experience from women. I got that treatment on the reverse side of that. 
So then I started thinking, I don't want men that are too powerful because I have a, I have a nursing career. I made good money on my own. So I didn't want to be the trophy or I didn't want to just be treated like someone's possession one. Right. But when I unpacked it deeper, it's that abandonment wound of now maybe I'm going to go for someone they're good looking, but they don't have a lot of other resources or assets. And so they're not really going to want to leave me because I've got it going on because I have a high market value and I've got all this and I'm successful X, Y, Z, and I'm not financially depending on them. And in a way it was me ensuring, and this is why I've taken a year of not dating to really unpack this deeper of ensuring that they're needing me like a codependent. Cause I, I had codependent patterns with my parents. My mother was an alcoholic and I always had to in those roles where I was taking care of her. So there's something for me of like, my value is taking care of someone else. So if a man is so independent and so successful, that can make me feel a little uncertain about the relationship because I'm so used to people depending on me, which had me become a nurse at age 19, because it's all about being in service, rescuing other people. You and know what I'm saying? Yes. So, yeah. It I just do. depends on your upbringing and what your relationship with yourself is. And if you have these wounds that you're not aware of, and are you choosing your partners from your wounds or even knowing what your true value is? I think that because you have a high sexual market value, you're able to be more, I don't want to say picky because that sounds negative. You're able to choose properly. Like be, be Exactly. Be more selective with your partner, which men don't have that power. Women do. And we see that. Here you are in a situation where you, you had this, first of all, you had the history with your father, right? You had yes. the trauma uh, I want to say, is, is it correct to say trauma? You had yeah. that compiled with the fact of what happened with, with, with your, your ex. And you said that th what your ex did to you is what women tend normally do to men, which is funny because it's true. And here you are in a situation where you're attractive. You could have, like you said, you could have gone in any direction with anybody but you refined yourself. You used you 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 used your your own. Now I want to say talent. You use your own abilities to really know, like, hey, you know what? Screw that. I'm gonna go in this direction because I have the ability and I have the power. And you have you have leverage. You have that. You have that ability. You used what you, what you know, what made you. In most cases, I want to say people who are not aware of their childhood trauma or you know or or you know such a, a other things will probably continue going that, 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 that same path and not knowing their, their, their value in, in, in life. And, 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 you know, and you see that I want to comment, you see that, right? Cause you see like my observation, maybe you can say this, but I feel that girls, women with high sexual market value are more selective when it comes to dating they are looking they're looking for a lot of things versus let's say the average pe the average woman and i'm not shaming anybody this is not I'm, i just want to point that out i'm not shaming the average girl will just like 
hook up and just move move along. You know, she just moves along. She goes with the flow. She goes. But women with with people who women specifically who have higher sexual uh, market value, they are more likely to be more in that position of like I can pick and choose who I want. I don't need to. Whatever happened to me. Whatever has done, I I can I have control of my, which is interesting because that alone is what gives you that power to kind of be like, you know what, I'm gonna pick what I want. I and and what's one of them? Women love kindness, like we talked about that kindness, intelligence. Are these are all indicators as well? Um, but um, I really do want to emphasize that that like, uh, what is how how what can we learn from this? I think that the truth is is that we all aim for people who are have a higher sec- uh, sexual market value. That's the truth. But we got to use our own market value to our own benefit because we from that comes confidence, right? Like regardless whether you, where you fall, but if you're aware of it, then you can navigate in any direction you want and not succumb to like these ideas. They they do exist. That's the reality because you know, let's just be honest, I mean, if there's someone, you know, when you, even when you go shopping, <laughs> we all, you know, you're not going to buy something that's not appealing to the eye. You're going to go buy something that you, you, you believe, you strongly believe this is for me. Yes. And it looks good on you. <laughs> and it looks good on you. <laughs> and we do that when we buy, right? Like wh- why do people buy like anything? But yeah, I mean, so is this man going to look good on me? That's what I want to know. You know <laughs> exactly. I mean? That's exactly it. You're, you said it. You, that's exactly it. Like, is this person going to compliment my life? Um, and you know, and but we treat people often like accessories instead of exactly. like humans, unfortunately. And, 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 and that's and, why we have such shallow relationships exactly. in our world right now. A lot. And you know, but, but here's the thing we can use our sexual market value for our, to, be, I'm not saying to better ourselves, but we, we got to use it the correct way. And I'm not an expert here, but what I'm saying is, is what do I mean by that? I'm saying that like, if we're in, um, let's say you're aware that you're a seven or there's other factors you can do. Like if you're a seven, good, like you, you look seven, Hey man, go to the gym, go do this. Good. You, you can increase your level. You can become more attractive. It's not, it's not like you don't have to stick to the whole facade of like the exterior of things. You know, there's more to, to human beings. We're complex human beings, you know? Um, and we can appeal to people and you see that all the time, you know, you know, you hear these stories. Oh, what did you, what'd you, what'd you like in, in that person? Oh, the way they treated me, they were this and that it's, it's really, it's really just finessing or I, I guess refining ourselves and elevating our number, right? Like if you're a seven, you can definitely be a, a, an eight or a nine for sure. There's other factors. And, um, I think that we live in an age where now, and I feel like you see it more like so much is on external beauty with like, you know, with social media and everything, there is this thing, but sometimes, you know, dating someone that's hotter than you or not, like it can be boring. Some people don't have personalities. Let's just be honest. So true. And what is your intrinsic value instead of the external? That, and how do you value yourself? That is, you know, I th- go ahead. And the other thing too is, you know, I'm also a Tantra educator. So with Tantra, we're working on mastering energy. With Tantra, that's where all a lot of these illusions started to fall away from me. 
granted the man that I had my first soulgasm with, I was very much operating like Samantha and sex in the city. And while he and I were dating, he was on the cover of people's sexiest men alive magazine. He's a gorgeous man. So I was all there for the ego, not understanding that he was going to be part of my awakening and my life path. But I wasn't there for that. I was just there because he was so hot. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was like, oh, my gosh, he's sexy. Right. He's been a pro football player, X, Y, Z, um, successful, all of these things. And when I started with Tantra, you start working with your chakras and your energy centers and mastering your energy. Energy is everything. Your aura, your vibe can be felt. 100%. You can shift the energy when you go into a room. 100%. So even though physically you may say, I don't know that my market value is high. When you shift your energy and you start to heal from your wounds, because one, one the external beauty, we all start to age and all of that starts to change. Right, time. right, right. Yep. What you're left with is your vibe. And, you know, what you're left with is who you are internally as a person that can't be taken away from you. And, you know, energy is everything. You cannot fake your energy. A hundred percent filter you can put on your energy. So if you start to master those things, you'll notice even Napoleon Hill and Think and Grow Rich would talk about sexual transmutation because you actually can use your energy and increase your magnetism and attract things to you and be more successful in life you know, attract better partners, better lovers, all of these things started to change these dynamics in my life, I was even more powerful. When I started to unlock this part for myself, you, you said that 100% because how many times I've, I've been in those situations where I've met people that are, I wouldn't consider them attractive. But their personality, whoa, I was like, who are you? I was drawn to these individuals like a moth to a flame. And it's that we people call it the je ne sais quoi quality. But to me, it was a je ne sais quoi. But really, it's because they knew themselves. They elevated their vibration. They, they, they tackled all these things. Because you could be good looking, but if you don't got your like shit together, like you don't have your childhood trauma or all these trauma, all these issues sorted out, your energy is not going to... You're not going to be, you're going to be like something cute to look at. But then when people get to know you, it's like, you know, never mind. I'm going to go in this direction. And you see that all the time. Let's just be honest. There's a lot of people that rely on their beauty or on their looks. And they think that's going to get them far. And for some people out there that are really into that, that's fine. But I really, really think that what you said is so true. Um, I think energy there, you know, have you, you know, I want to, I want to use this example, politicians, their sexual market value is very, very high. And I'm talking about all politicians, whoever, it doesn't matter who it is. Politicians have this aura that if you meet them or celebrities, you know, they have this thing. You're just like, what is it? You know, it's cause they know they first of all, they know their sexual market value, but they really have mastered how to be wholesome how to be, you know, they have these qualities that we all find attractive, the charming, the kindness, the uh, being intelligent, being engaging, being present uh, with, with, with you, you know, all these things that we all find it because, you know, there's something interesting when you're talking to someone that you're attracted to and that person is just focused on you. They're like laser focused on you and you're having that conversation. You do feel like good, you know, 
because your presence is a gift. That's what it also makes Tantra so good because you meditate so much. So then when you're with a partner or lover, you're really dropped in and focused and not just in your imagination or checked out somewhere else. You're completely dropped in. But when you learn emotional intelligence, like a politicians, they have to learn emotional intelligence, intelligence. to be likable. Right. Now we can all have a mask and wear a mask and right. have a facade. And externally, it can look like we have a high market value. But then when we're in relationship, we can't hold up that mask all right. the time. And then the true colors come out. So we can meet people. And in that moment, they can be very charismatic. They can be putting on a show and be acting and giving us the yep. things that they feel like we want to hear. Politicians, right? Right. And then when the, when it's behind closed doors and you really get to know that person, then you really know who you're truly with. You know, um, it's interesting. Uh, I like what you just said because how many times have we been on a date? You see the, the person's energy on the pictures is like, oh my gosh, it's so alluring. They, they've nailed that, right? And then you meet them and you're just like, mm, no. Or you date someone and at first they show you like, you know, that the mask version of them. You meet the representative. Right. You meet the, you meet the rep. And then you're like, wait a minute. This is not the person. Here's the thing is that I, I strongly, you know, when I, when, when I'm like on these apps and I'm looking, I, I, I love when I can feel the person's vibe and energy. And it's very rare when you do find individuals like that. And I always, I talked about it, I think in season two about uh, t picture profiles that you want to have, your energy, your picture has to match your energy. Your energy has to match your picture. What does that mean? That take pictures that represent you and your wholesome space. Like if you like hiking, take a picture, have someone take a picture of you in your element because it's going to show you, you, and it's going to elevate you. It's going to elevate your, your, your sexual market value. It sounds dumb. And I'm not talking about the, the, the outside of it, but I'm saying it's going to elevate in that sense because you're more closer to who you are. And sometimes there's also times that people think that like, like I, we go, it goes back to what I was saying. Like there's people that rely on looks, but, and then that's it. They have no personality. Yeah. A lot of it is authenticity. Can you authentically yes. be yourself? And that's key here. And you know, that's what I like about Tantra. And you can agree with that. Tantra is all about really that mindful being in that mindful space. Yeah. Yeah. I it mean, definitely, it definitely is. I mean, you, another you, thing on the dating apps, yeah. you're showing you in your element of things you love, you're going to attract people that also love hiking or also are interested in this, right? You're going to attract better partners because you're really showing who you truly are instead of posing literally or pretending you're something you're not. And I've, I've helped my clients actually use dating apps and find better partners through them because it's all like your intentionality. If you treat it like a game, it's going to be like a game. If you're always joking and laughing and being reckless about it, then you're going to find joking, laughing, reckless experiences. You do. But if you have that intentionality and like, I'm going to use this as a tool. So for me as a woman, when especially, you know, I love living in LA and I was modeling when I lived in LA. So I was like a kid in a candy store with all the good looking men in LA. I had a heck of a time. Yep. Let me tell you. Um, but it was all like, it was when I was more in my shallow based thing, but I did have, I did have a lot of fun. Um, but I, I will say that, you know, whenever you are, you're, you're dating or using that app and if you're an attractive woman, a lot of times like 
I was wondering why do I continue to attract players? Because that's the game. Having a pattern of dating players, right? And this was even before I went to LA. And then I realized, well, as an attractive woman, sometimes the nicer guys would be too intimidated to approach me. Even my friends time, I would just be out with my friends and I wasn't paying attention to who was paying attention to me. They'd be like, oh, there was a person that was really staring at you and they're really checking you out. I was completely oblivious, right? So that person may have been like a really sweet soul that was intimidated and wouldn't come up and speak to me. But who's the guy that's coming up to talk to me? The guy that's going to holler at everyone. The guy that has no shame in his game. He's a player player. He talks to anything that moves. So he's fearless. So of course he Mm -hmm. comes and talks to me. So then as a woman, if I'm sitting there, and this could be for anyone, if I'm just sitting there and allowing who hits on me to be who I'm choosing him from to date, I'm totally like, there's so many people I'm limiting myself from. So with an app, Now I have a tool. Now I can, with intentionality, I can study that person and see if I want to engage in conversation with them. And I'm looking at their body language. Mm -hmm. If I don't want to date someone that drinks a lot of alcohol, are they always boozing up and have a a drink in their hand? Or if I do like to drink a lot, is that what they're doing? You know, do they have the whiskey? (laughs) What's some whiskey and sex? Yeah. So like, what is it that you're looking for? And then are they always wearing shades or can I see eye contact? And I would look at if they're in a group photo and I have a beautiful friendship with someone I dated even now, like we're, he's still here in my life for me as a a beautiful friend. And I met him through Tinder. But one thing I noticed, he was in a group photo when he was at college with all these other women and their body language with him. You could just tell they felt so safe with him. And I told him later, I said, that's part of the reason that I matched with you because I could tell that this group of women felt completely safe with you their body language they were so relaxed around him I wasn't intimidated by a bunch of beautiful women being around him I was relieved that a bunch of really beautiful women felt so safe around him Uh and weren't feeling like he was being a predator xyz and so if you can study these things and just notice and then you can be like all right now do I want to engage in conversation and take it a step further and then have the conversations for a while and really see what people are about you're a hundred percent right. You know, uh, and I think that comes with like age and wisdom, what you're, what you're talking about, because yeah. it goes, let's go back to the the scenario where you were talking about when you would go out to the clubs and, 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 you know, that one guy let's, let's, I want to talk about that because that ties into this, the sexual market value and guys use resources. The way guys use resources indicates how the guy is going to behave. For example, you go to a, you go to a club at, at first, right? When you're young and you're starting to explore, like, oh my god, he bought me a drink. Oh, I'm gonna buy that girl a drink. You know, like it's it's like those are the resources they're using, right? And or like you know when you're young, oh, you know, like um, for example, oh he oh he drives a Beamer. He's driving a Porsche. He's driving, you know. But then as you get older, and you start learning, we start learning each other's behavior, men and women. Men start be when men start behaving a little bit more, not like a guy, but like a, a gentleman and a man. And women start more kind of uh, they start discovering like, wait a minute, I'm a woman. Like, I this is the game is different for me. What does that mean? We start changing the way we play the game, and we use our and men use the their resources differently. And what do I mean by that? Men when they go out when they're younger, it's so easy to impress a girl. Let me buy you a drink. Let me buy you this. Let me let me get you this. Let me get you that. Like, you know, that's like the little little sprinkles of like the, you know, what we can do with our resources, what we have at that time. 
but as you as as we get older and we become professionals or you know as we, as we go into the the real world and we develop we become our adult selves we change that what do women don't like women are not going to react to someone that's going to buy them a drink women are going to react to the guy that's going to be uh hey i got a uh, a bottle service vip table um you know let's 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 talk let's hang out come and join me and my friend you know what i'm saying like it changes and i'm just using this as as an example because that's just a an easier way to analyze this the way we use our resources and how it reflects um our market value but really um i think that as we get older things do shift and change to is what what you were saying right it's what you're indicating uh dominique correct yeah, because your values change. Your values change. As you as you get to know yourself more and you also have that experience of like, wow, I thought that was a high value person because they had this, that, and the other, but I re- I got burned with that. Like, ooh, it I don't want to just fall for the facade. Like you're meeting the representative, the mass, the, the illusion. You don't want to fall for the illusion. Like I want to know the reality of what this person is about. And also, am I brave enough to share my reality? So I'm attracting someone based on really who I am and not that I'm pretending to be something I'm not. Well said. We're kind of here at the end of the, of the show, but you know, I think that's the one thing that I, the truth is everybody desires a partner with a high sexual market value, but I mean, our ability to mate and seek out real potential partners, I really think that it stems from self-esteem, confidence, how we present ourselves, what how we input, like uh, like our how what do we bring to the table? And at the end of the day, it's very easy to get sidetracked and forget that there's other factors that are that, you know, that determine um what is uh the sexual market value. And I think that for our listeners or everybody out there, you got to know exactly what you bring to the table and you got to do some self. It's all about self-exploration. I feel like it's really understanding yourself and understanding where you stand and, and having, and not feeling, Oh my gosh, because, Oh, this person is, you know, a CEO or, and I'm just, you know, whatever. It's not about that. It's really about how you present yourself completely and wholesomely, but most importantly, authentically. Yeah. And every time you're putting someone on a pedestal, you're automatically lowering yourself to them. To put yes. someone on a pedestal, that means you're lower. Exactly. You and don't want to do that. You don't. You want to something in there too that you're that you shared that I want to share is like don't have someone choosing a person to be in relationship with and to have partnership with, or especially to raise children with. This is why over 95% of children have, you know, inadequate parenting and mm. have some childhood wounds and traumas because if you're just picking someone because you think they're going to pop out good looking babies or you're picking someone because you think your friends are going to be jealous because you've got the hottest girl, the hottest guy at the end of the day, who are you really with? And do you have, are you compatible with them? And do you share the same values and do you really enjoy each other's company? So yeah. stop dating to impress others and start dating to, you know, be able to enjoy your life and not have headaches and drama. <laughs> Amen. To really have yeah. peace of mind and serenity because life, the outside world is challenging enough. And when we come home, that should be a safe space for us. That should be our sanctuary from the wild world. And we don't need to more have more drama in the home. And I definitely did that early on with the partners that I chose for my children, for sure. And I definitely wish I would have 
help my daughters by having better picked a better father for them. But I just didn't know what I didn't know because I wasn't taught. My mother was teaching me the wrong things to focus on. Wow. You know, I commend you for for sharing that with us on today's show. And thank you, Dominique, so much. Um, You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no problem. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for today. I am your host, Romeo. Till next time. Bye.